We believe that wealth is a journey and that this is your jumpstart to trading success. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Traders Mind Chat live show. Today, we will be talking about how to avoid false breakouts. Uh, the current market that we, we've seen has seen quite a few of these, so very, very important topic. In fact, the, this is a topic that kind of uh, was discussed yesterday at yesterday's live meetup uh, for the first Stock Twits live uh, meetup in Long Island. So glad to be doing this right here. So uh, first off, if you are new to any of the channels, make sure that you hit the subscribe button well wherever you happen to be or or follow uh, wherever you happen to be. Drop a comment down below too. Let me know where you are watching this from. Um, StreamYard uh, can show me where some people are watching from, other spots. Uh, I'm checking ShareVision over here. I'm uh, taking a look at Twitter uh, up there. I know that you guys can't see it, but um, it, but it's up there. So uh, during today's live stream, we're going to be talking about uh, seven ways that you can avoid false breakouts. There, we're going to discuss three technical flaws to avoid in a stock. We're going to avoid three fundamental flaws to avoid in a stock. And we're going to discuss one big market environment flaw uh, to avoid. So all that stuff said, uh, let's get into our first topic, three technical flaws to avoid in a stock. So I'm just gonna come over here and share my screen. And let's do this. All right, so three technical things to avoid in a stock. And the stock that I would like to use, not Tesla, but there was this other stock that uh, just kind of fell out of bed and fell off a cliff today, uh, TGLS. I thought that this was a, a fantastic uh, example. Uh, and uh, the, one of the, the great traders that, that I happened to, to follow and consider a mentor, Mark Minervini, posted about uh, this one today. So he thought it was, was very appropriate. So let's talk about TGLS and how uh, this drop here of 41.5% and counting uh, could have been avoided. Right. So three technical flaws in the stock. Well, the first one. Uh, to talk about, right? So, uh, so let's take this stuff off here. I'll just re remove these other drawings out. Like that down here, that that was a good setup. But for anybody that was caught in this, uh, that was, uh, I'll uh, we'll talk about how to avoid this and why uh, getting in on that breakout might not have been uh, the best idea. All right. So, how could you avoid it? that right like it like it, i i know the temptation right so so type into the chat too if you have experienced something like this where you've seen a stock it's a leader you, you want to try to get into that leader you see it starting to set up have you experienced something like that type into the chat let me know over here right so you might have seen 
the stock, right? Like, uh, let's zoom in a, a little bit. Uh, you might have seen that breakout. You might have seen this run of about 50% uh, in about a uh, month and a half. And say, so you know what? This thing is going to continue to run. Let me try to get into this. Well, three technical things to be on the lookout for. So first, you know, let's say you saw the setup, right? Uh, first thing we, that we would do, what would we do, right? Type into the chat. This is meant to be interactive, guys. Type into the chat. Let me know uh, what's the first thing that you would do when you see a setup, right, or, or potential setup. First thing that you would do is start to mark up your chart, right? So come over here, grab our, our tools. You might take a look at this and say, oh, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a little bit of a flat base there. Okay, maybe we measure the depth and we say, oh, well, it's only 14% deep and uh, it's been moving sideways for, uh, for about a month here. Okay, so potential flat base, right? Is it a good one? Right, so is it a good flat base? Well, here are some of the, uh, the tell signs that no, it's not. When the, the first wide and loose price action, right? So write that down, wide and loose price action. Wide and loose price action. Right, number one. What makes this wide and loose? Well, when you look from left to right, and you're looking at these price bars in here, in fact, you could even look at this entire pattern and compare it to the prior run-up, right? In fact, well, why don't I switch it and make it look like this so that way it zoom in a little bit more, maybe it's easier for you to see. So you have this run-up and then it starts to get wide and loose and jagged like this, right? Is that uh, constructive or not, right? No, like that. that is an example of wide and loose price action where you're going from nice, tight, and controlled, even in the, this run-up here, to something that got progressively wider and looser on this, uh, during this base, right? So, so that's the first thing. Second thing is poor volume signature, right? So let's zoom in on this. Uh, let's see if we could get in a little bit closer there. Yeah, the, this uh, this last bar throws it all off. So why don't we do a little replay? Yeah, yeah, there we go. All right. So part of what you see over here too is this volume signature well what's called the volume signature basically are there more buyers or sellers in this thing right are there more buyers or sellers uh, in this poor volume signature that that'll be number two right so number two for flaws in a stock so we got wide and loose price action number two we have poor volume signature poor volume signature how should volume look 
in a basing pattern? Well, as it's tightening up, you want to see the volume dropping. In fact, well, what do you have over here? You have volume increasing from the left side of the base to the right side of the base. That, that's generally uh, the opposite of what you would want to see uh, in a base. Uh, just to, to illustrate a little bit over here, like here's the beginning of the base and volume ends up here, right? Not, in count, not even counting today's uh, volume. Right? Like if we fast forward to today, right? Monster volume, but come back to where we were. Put that replay back on. Uh, like volume should not be drifting higher as you are progressing uh, in the base. And like you, you might see that and say that, oh yeah, like volume is picking up. It's starting to come off the lows. It, it's still, it's still in its basing period, and it's still wide and loose price action. Uh, you might. Uh, you might get caught and say, yeah, but you know what? It's getting support right there, right around the 21-day the uh, exponential moving average. Okay, right? Like I, I could see some of the positives in there too, right? But part of what we're looking for in this isn't the, well, we're not trying to, to just look at the positives on this. We're trying to look at the entire picture and try to find, well, what are some of the flaws in this? Because it's not just leaning on the positives of a trade. It's also not really leaning on the negatives of a trade either. We want to see things not better than they are, not worse than they are. We want to see things in their totality. So in this, you have the wider and looser price action as it's consolidating, not the best. Then you have a poor volume signature uh, that there's actually uh, stalling action in this, right? So on this day here, right, this day, very subtle sign of selling on that day. How can you tell? Because price moved up and it closed in the middle of its range and it did that on increased volume. That's a very subtle sign of selling. You wanna take note of that. Um, the third thing, right? Poor relative strength, right? Poor relative strength. Now this one, you might look at this and say that, well, the, the relative strength actually is good on this one, right? So that's that, that would be one thing in its favor. Uh, on this. And that might have drawn you into uh, this trade. Let me show you an example of one uh, with poor relative strength. Uh, let's see if we can find one. There should be plenty right now. Well, uh, let's take a look at coin. I haven't looked at coin lately, but uh, let's take a look at coin. Yeah, the relative strength line is so bad, it's way down here. Right? So, uh, let's take off some of these other markings. So let's say, let's say you were interested in coin, right? You saw it bottoming right over here. Right? Yeah, you saw you saw price falling, falling, falling. Uh, you're you're an astute trader, and you come over here, you look to the left, and you're like, wow, look at where price stopped. It stopped right at the low of that handle. In fact, why don't I? 
draw a little horizontal line over here and show you exactly where the price stopped. And you saw that and you're like, yeah, it's going to bounce. And you caught that rally. And you know what? If you are a very short-term swing trader, right? So let's say that your average holding period is maybe two days, three days. That's a great spot for a bounce. But if your holding period is longer than that, then you really need to pick and choose your, your spots because uh, for if your style is similar to, to mine, right, where your average holding period, my average holding period uh, this year has been 25 trading days uh, on winning trades. So that means that if I'm looking to, to buy this, uh, then, and I'm hoping for it to, to be a winner, then yeah, like, am I going to, is this an optimal trade, right? Then that's where I'm starting to look for, okay, what's the relative strength of this? Is it fighting the market? Is it going with the market? Is it beating the market? This is a laggard right here, right? And you can see it in this line here. This is the relative strength versus the S&P 500. So it's showing you that no, that the relative strength has actually declined that declined pretty heavily over the past 10 days. And you could extend this all the way back here even and probably close to 20 days that, that it's been lagging the relative strength. So that's another major flaw. Jot that one down. Uh, poor relative strength. Plot the relative strength line on your chart and see which way is the slope moving. And don't just look at it over the past like couple of days over here, right? Like so that that's that's another mistake that that, that people make, right? A, a very common mistake where you're just hyper focused on the most recent activity. So you would just be focusing over here like, oh yeah, look, it's starting to come back. It's starting to make its turn. No. No. Yeah. It, when you've been declining for that long, you want to get a little bit additional follow through, let it consolidate, and, and then see like, okay, is it going to make the turn or not? It's going to make for much higher probability trades uh, for you uh, if you just show a little bit more patience uh, versus trying to capture that exact bottom. If you are uh, trading for a little bit longer of a time period, uh, again, my average holding period, 25 days. If yours is that amount, a little bit longer, then yeah, relative strength does matter. As you guys have questions, just throw the, your questions into the chat. Uh, let me know. I'm actually coming over here to see if there's any questions coming up on, uh, on Twitter. Uh, let's see, Angela says, this is the real problem to solve to be good at trading. Yeah, it indeed, major flaws to, again, we're talking about how to avoid false breakouts in trading. You will you, you will encounter some false breakouts. You know, like it's not where we're, we're completely eliminating false breakouts and that you will never have a rail like that. That's just a ridiculous thing to, to even think. But if you are avoiding major flaws in trades that you're aiming to take, then guess what? Like uh, you'll be uh, having less failed breakouts uh, on your uh, on your account. So fantastic! Well, let's keep rolling.
All right, so we went through three technical flaws to avoid in a stock. Let's talk about three fundamental flaws to avoid uh, in a stock. So uh, let's bring up MarketSmith. We could talk about some fundamental flaws to avoid. You have any MarketSmith users in the house? Type into the chat. So uh, let me know if you guys use MarketSmith or if you're a fan of it. Um, we'll start with TGLS. Well, let's see where where this one was at. Oh, look at that. It was group rank, right? So I'm drawing an arrow right at the group rank. Now, let me know. Can you see that? The group rank was 14. Pretty high. Pretty high. Let's take a look at some of the other stocks in its group. Hitting highs. The group itself looks fairly good. Right? So if you were looking at TGLS and you were like, oh man, I just got nailed with this, and you were looking at that particular industry group, yeah, the, the group has been the leader. But something to think about too is which groups have been getting smacked. Which groups have been getting smacked lately, right? Like, well, when we re had the, the run in uh, from October to the middle of November, oh, what groups were running? Right? Like, it, it was those top leading groups. It was the semiconductors. It was uh, the software, right? Like, it, it, it was those types of stocks. And... Guess which ones got hit the hardest first? It was the leaders that got hit uh, hard first. So, so now it's almost not like they're uh, the leaders are getting picked off. So it's uh, that's a subtler thing to to start to pick up too. Is a and we'll talk about general market environment. Uh, that's the the next uh, one to talk about. But as far as general market environment goes, uh, like to to understand like the types of stocks that are getting hit. So if you were to see a setup like this, and you're starting to see some wide and loose action, it might be one to avoid. And if you're somebody that bought that breakout down here, congratulations, but also it sell into strength. And like that, that's why I love to have multiple ways to exit a trade. Uh, like uh, now, uh, getting a little bit off topic here, but I think that it's worth it. Uh, let me know what you think. Well, one of the, the things that, that's great to have in a trade is to have four types of exits. I like to have four types of exits because I'm looking at each trade as going to the movies, right? Like you go to the movies and there's fire exits all over the place. Hey, like the one, the closest one is right behind you. In case the movie sucks, you get to run right back out the door. <laughs> the, the next one's like they're, they're scattered around. And so those other exits for your trade, right? So your stop loss, your first exit. Then after that, your uh, your profit targets, profit targets. Then uh, your uh, backstop and your trailing stop. So if a trade starts to break down, then you get to the locking gains, and you're not just sitting with this forever. Some of the sell signals in this too started to 
it was holding its 10 EMA and then it undercut both on this day right here. Starting to get back into the technicals a little bit, but again, I think that, that it's worth it for the segue. And that was your, your first clue where it started to, to change in character. But anyway, we're talking about fundamental flaws, fundamental flaws. So poor group and sector was the first one. So again, uh, coin might be a better example of this. I think uh, actually no coin is the group rank is 35. Uh, let's see. So one of the things that I like to do too is maintain a, a universe list. If you've been to any of my other live streams or you've seen any of my videos, you may have seen me talk about uh, maintaining a universe list. And so if a, I'm looking at a stock that's in my universe and the group rank is over 100, then that's a sign that, you know what, this is not a leader. It's not uh, in a leading group. It does not have the wind at its back. Uh, one of the things that helps us to avoid false breakouts is to have as many positives in our favor as possible. So one of the things to avoid is stocks in poor or mediocre groups. So I wouldn't, uh, nine times out of 10, I'm not trading stocks that are less than group 100, right? Like uh, unless if there's some major reason or or where I feel that maybe this uh, stock was placed into the, the wrong group. Um, Hugo, Hugo says, uh, not a user of MSC at that. That's okay. Uh, so there's other ways to find this kind of data too, right? So a great spot that I'll give you a, two spots where we could find this stuff and find this stuff for free. So investors.com and let's just type in Roblox. Well, the problem with them, like you'll get a bunch of uh, ads and things like that, but it is free. So you could come over here, you put that in and you could tell the group right in here. So you could still find out well, what sector, what industry group, the group rank. They're giving you a bunch of data here, a bunch of good data for free. So you could get it on investors.com or Finviz is another good spot that's also free. So just come over here. Let's type in Roblox and see. So it's giving us the chart. It's also telling us uh, where is the, yeah, over here, communication services, electronic gaming, and multimedia. So yeah, we're going to get some, some ads with this too. So we could come over here to groups, and then we could start to, to find uh, that group. Right, so what was it? It was, go back to communication services. Right, so communication services, that, that's what it is today. The, today's performance, uh, like 
you could almost write off because it's too short of a time frame. But then when you start to come over here, and you're, these are all the industry groups that it has. So you could see, oh, communication services. Uh, last week's performance well, was uh, number four. Uh, not bad. Then, but for the month, communication services, right? It, it's second to last uh, over the past month. Communication services, dead last over the past three months. Communication services, um, middle of the pack for six months. So you would be looking primarily, right? Like, so again, if you're in that uh, 25 day average holding period, right? Just to, to use myself as the guinea pig here, uh, I'm looking at one month, I'm looking at three month and the performance of its sector sucks. So should I be trading this, right? Do I have the wind at my back on this, on this trade? Right, not as far as the sector is concerned. So there needs to be some other thesis for it. And when you're doing this kind of analysis, when you're doing this kind of homework for yourself, you're taking uh, each stock that you're thinking about should go through the same kind of hoops, right? Like that. That's what the whole. Uh, if you also checked out the the trade gauntlet, right? Like a uh, that that's another tool that that I cooked up and I shared with our members. Basically, uh, it's giving myself a checklist of all the different things that I feel that a stock should have, and then taking every idea that I'm interested in, running it through that to, to make sure that I do have the wind at my back, that there aren't these major flaws and to help me avoid these kind of false breakouts. So let's see, you spoke about uh, poor group and sector. Now let's talk about let's talk about weakening fund ownership. I feel like Roblox probably has increasing. Yeah, Roblox has increasing fund ownership. So there, this is this is actually a positive that Roblox has, right? So you come over here and you would see increasing fund ownership quarter over quarter over quarter. I'm kind of curious now if. Uh, investors.com shows that. Let's take a look. Hardly ever come to investors.com anymore because I use MarketSmith, but um, the layout is still the same, more or less, from years and years ago. Let's see. It's given us the management ownership. Three years, blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't really see the, the fund ownership on here. You know, so you might need to go about finding out a different way. Uh, but as far as fund ownership goes, yeah, a lot, like uh, this is stuff that, that we talk about too uh, inside the elite program. Like uh, I'm sharing what, what I'm pulling for, from here. Uh, let's take a look at TGLS. Let's see if it had that flaw. Oh, the fund ownership was increasing. Most of the stocks from uh, my universe list would have increasing fund ownership. Not all of them, 
but most of them do. And like, it's one of the things that I like to see. The reason why I like to see increasing fund ownership quarter over quarter over quarter is because uh, those larger funds are trading differently than us, right? Like we can buy an entire position all in one shot if we want to. Uh, any of these funds here, right? Like these are major funds. They're not going to be able to buy in one shot because they'll move the market and they want to get in at good prices too. So when you see increasing fund ownership quarter over quarter over quarter, that tends to be something that can help uh, put some more wind at uh, the stock's back uh, because it's going to take them greater time to uh, to purchase their positions. And it, it's, an, it's one sign that demand could continue. Uh, here's a question from Raul. Uh, does the volume signature override some of your other criteria? For example, Roblox has the highest volume ever implying institutional demand. Great, great question. Let's go back to Roblox. Yeah, that is heavy, heavy duty uh, volume buying right in there. Right, so uh, could it override? It, it could. Uh, so uh, to, to better answer the question, uh, the way that to look at everything is to look at everything in totality. Right? Like, so it's never really like one thing or, or just a small handful of things that makes me want to buy a stock. And it's not really a one thing or a couple of flaws to say that I won't buy this, but it's in, and for this conversation too, right, we're talking about flaws uh, to, to help us avoid false breakouts. So it's taking all this stuff and weighing it, right? So trying to weigh out, well, do I have a high quality setup that doesn't have X, Y, and Z flaws? Or uh, do I see these flaws? And if I see these flaws, and there's also some really good benefits like, oh my goodness, look at this, this volume coming out of here. It's even higher than the IPO. Then maybe you go into this idea, but you adjust your risk based on your position size, right? So let's say you were going to buy a uh, hundred shares uh, of this. Um, maybe uh, because if you're looking at the setup and it's, that has some flaws, maybe you're buying half, right? So instead of buying 100 shares, maybe you're buying 50 shares. It's uh, it's one option. And yeah, I wouldn't even consider this a, a failed breakout. Like, it, like it's run up here, like the, the major flaw here, actually like this, it it's sort of getting close to where it might like maybe I might put this one on the in the neighborhood list uh, maybe tomorrow maybe in the the next uh, maybe next week but like it, it's forming some kind of consolidation in this area is it viable right now um, it, not not for me not 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 for my style not quite yet. Um, but but it's an interesting idea and one to keep on the radar, one to keep on the, the universe.
Um, let's see. So weakening fund ownership. Weakening fund ownership. So if you did happen to see one where, and every once in a while, you, you'll catch this too. Right? So uh, let's... Uh, Let's run some other scans over here and see if anything, if this picks up one that has, ah, here you go. All right, so WMS, like this looks good, right? Like a, the relative strength is breaking into fresh highs. Uh, we'll go, we could go deeper into some of the other stuff, but the thing that I want to highlight here as a flaw is this. Right, so 549 funds own it versus 573 from the quarter before. Is that reason not to buy this? No. Right, like uh, if if everything else checked out well, let's go to the daily. Yeah, if everything else checked out well, and I saw this pullback, and it's like, yeah, you know what? Well, let's get in here. And actually, I. I'm not a huge fan of this setup, but let's just say that I saw this and I wanted to play that. Uh, poor, uh, the fund ownership declining wouldn't make me avoid this per se, but it would take off a couple of points uh, from this idea. And again, like every idea gets weighed against every other idea, and that that's the way to do it. Hey, like so, uh, let's say that you run your scans and, and you come up with ten stocks. How do you know which stock to pick? Right, like uh, you should have some kind of a. Wouldn't you want to have a, a checklist uh, of some kind? Like I think that that's something that that helps all of us. Right? Like having some kind of a set criteria to to start to think through. Like okay, what is it that I want in a stock? Does this have the different things that I want? Um, not everything is necessarily going to be weighted exactly the same. So maybe you come up with some weights for a certain criteria. Uh, some criteria is weighed a little heavier. Some criteria is weighed a little lighter. Uh, th that's what's worked for me. Uh, trade that I took uh, yesterday, EVA. You know, like one of the top groups. And it was doing technically what it was supposed to be doing, right? Like as it's moving, uh, as it's consolidating, right? Like it's getting progressively tighter over here. Relative strength, it was at highs, broke out yesterday. So far, showing uh, a nice rebound off the 21-day uh, moving average today. We'll see what, what happens with it. it. Is it the best setup ever? Uh, no. Not like it, it, like it, it, it ended up get, being a C-level trade. I ran it through the gauntlet. It looked good, but I checked it against uh, my own criteria, and it turned out to be a C. But it was the best of the small handful of stocks that were setting up. And so I wanted to start to test the waters. And this was the, the best one. So it's just like, okay, well, let's test the waters. Uh, started a quarter position in it. And, uh, like, and that too, like the, that's a strategy that I like to use to, to just to start to, uh, to get in, uh, see like how the waters are, see if I start to make progress. And then uh, if I am making progress, then I can start to uh, add risk, right? So 
So let's see. Uh, what other questions are coming in? Just coming back over here, taking a look at uh, Twitter. Doesn't look like anything's coming in through Twitter. How about share vision, YouTube? No other questions yet. Okay, let's keep rocking. Okay, so another fundamental flaw. Decreasing earnings or sales. All right, so not the worst thing, but it, it is something to start to keep in mind. Well, which way should earnings be going, higher or lower? Right, we want to see increasing earnings. Should sales be going higher or lower? It should be going higher, right? So when you see a percentage change that is less than the prior quarter, it's significantly lot like a it's a minor flaw. Let's take a look at some more. Right, so here's two quarters that were less than before. Right, 23% versus 62, 31 versus 243. Would it kick this idea out altogether? No, of course not. But it's one thing that that is a flaw. So when you're taking this into account with all the other things that we spoke about, right? So we spoke about uh, poor group and sector, uh, weakening fund ownership, and then if it has decreasing sales, right? Like so, it's just like okay, like. It, there's 10,000 stocks for us to choose from. Do we need to be in this one that has X, Y, and Z flaws? Right? No. Right? So you would start to say, okay, well, what what else is that? What's better? Right? Like only trade the best. And sometimes the dogs have their day and they run too. You know, but the idea is to stack the odds in our favor as much as we can. Any questions on any of this so far? All right. Last up. One big environment flaw to avoid. And that big environmental flaw, uh, there, there's many, right? So there's more than just three technical flaws. There's more than just three fundamental flaws, but uh, we only have uh, 30 minutes to an hour here together. So we're, we're, we've got to pick and choose. So, but the one big fund, uh, market environment flaw that I want to give you guys is actually the quality of the setups. When you're not seeing high quality setups, then that's one of your biggest tells. In fact, uh, we were just talking about this inside the, the, the Elite program today. Right, so well, one of the, the biggest things to look for that, or that you could use to gauge market health are your own lists, right? So if you are uh, consistently running screens and tracking the results of those screens, it will speak to you. So let me increase this. In fact, we were talking about uh, this spreadsheet here, my market mood log uh, earlier in the week. Um, but if you come over here, one of the things that I track every day is the number of trade ideas from the weekend, right? Uh, the percentage of 
winning trades versus losing trades for the weekend, right? Like not, not trades that I'm necessarily taking, but just like taking a look at, at the list. So here is the trade ideas list. Both There were both long and short setups on here. Uh, right now, uh, let's see. Uh, there are nine trades that are still uh, winners that were, were long. And from shorts, there were only three as of right now. Right, so it's telling me that the market environment is not conducive to what was found over the weekend. Now, part of it can change, right? So we don't wanna just be static in one area. We wanna adapt to the environment too. So uh, what I like to do too then is when I am running my daily screens, right? And it doesn't take that long to, to run these daily screens. It takes like maybe half an hour, if that, to, to run a couple of screens, find the stocks that I like, do some analysis on them, half an hour to an hour. And so um, today's focus list had 11 stocks on it, but in the neighborhood list had 26. Uh, and among them, there were a few Bs, but mostly C-level uh, ideas. And here they are. Right, so this was a, a B level trade. All right, uh, Arc Best. Yeah, like there is some good qualities. Uh, like I like how the each of the moving averages are bunched up over here. The uh, you have the five, the ten, and the twenty-one uh, all uh, kind of knotted over here. So if this were to break out, you have a very clear spot to set your stop loss. Uh, I do like that. Uh, the general price action though uh, is a bit wide and loose, not, not the best. I like definitely not uh, a, an A level, not, not a trade that's uh, screaming out to say, hey, buy me, right? But it is what it is. So I didn't take that one. Uh, similar with this. All right, so FND, BLD, right? Like, so I like to have all the stocks that are consolidating, that are close to buy points, just have them over on the list and then start to see like, well, how does the market treat these? Whether I'm going to take the trades or not, they're a great tell of how is the market? Are there, is there good quality merchandise? The answer is not really. Like I, yesterday or, or no, the, this morning's note, no, that, like the, the market kind of reminds me of, uh, do you remember how uh, when COVID first hit that uh, the grocery stores were like, like completely ransacked? There was nothing to buy <laughs> at all. And then uh, slowly but surely, like you started to see uh, the shelves start to, to be stocked again. Like that, I kind of feel like that's where we're at. Like there is some improvement starting but it has a long way to go, and there's not a lot of great setups. Like here are some of the the C level setups, right? Like wide and loose. My notes from DFIN are are still here. I the this is one that I like. Like back here, the, this is a fantastic setup, and it worked beautifully um, out of this trade now for uh, for a while. But started to to see like oh like this might be setting up in uh, early double bottom, or maybe it, now it's starting to make a third wave down and it'll test the, the 50, who the heck knows. But 
had this uh, on on the list. At this point, it's a C-level trade. All like Matt, fantastic looking ideas. So when you're looking at your list of of ideas and you go through it and you don't see uh, great setups and there's setups with a number of flaws and that's you know like you, you walk into uh, your favorite clothing store and uh, like if there's nothing on the rack well what are you gonna buy right? well like uh, nothing because there's nothing to buy or you you walk into the store and uh, the clothes are on the floor like maybe they just had a big sale and they're, they're dirty are you really gonna go and buy that stuff well like you could right there's nothing stopping you from like going buying it like maybe you take it home you wash it maybe it turns out okay but you know like it's it's flawed so anyhow those are the the seven we went through seven right so let's uh, let's recap let's recap our uh seven major flaws and then let me know uh what questions uh that you guys have either this or or anything else so to recap, technical flaws, the three technical flaws to avoid in a stock are wide and loose price action, poor volume signature, right? So more selling than buying uh, in the stock uh, and poor relative strength. The three fundamental flaws to avoid, poor group or sector, weakening fund ownership, Decreasing earnings and sales, all these things will work against you. And finally, uh, for the big market environment flaw to avoid, like if there's nothing on the shelves, then that's telling you that there's not much uh, to buy and that they are dealing with a kind of a cruddy market. So all that said, let me know what other questions you guys have. Let's do a little bit of open Q&A. Let's see, well, what questions do we have? Yeah, by the way, make sure that if you haven't done so already, you're hitting the like, you're hitting the subscribe, uh, you are hitting the little notification bell if you're there, so that way you're getting uh, updates for these live streams. Let's see, what other questions do you guys have? All right, well, that's it, then that's it. All right, hopefully you guys found this valuable. I'll see you back here next week. Drop comments down below too. I read all of the comments. Let me know what topics you are most interested in, Well, what you find valuable, what you want more of, what you like less of, right? Put it all in the comments. Let me know. Find a way to, to reach out to me. Comments are probably the best way. Throw up a smoke signal, whatever. And I will see you guys next week right here on the live streams. And for our elite members, I will see you back in the Discord room and we will have our uh, mastermind this Sunday. Take care, everybody. Peace out.